Welcome to Weightlifting Yarns, where we chat about all things weightlifting in Aotearoa and all around the world. All right, welcome back to Weightlifting Yarns on this beautiful Sunday. I'm I'm here with uh, my man Hayden Pritchard. How are you, mate? Yeah, not going too bad, mate. It's not uh, that beautiful of a Sunday down here in Palmerston North. That that big weather has come across and smashed us, although I look out the window now and it's beautiful and sunny. So who knows yeah. what's going on with the weather? Yeah, it's the same here. It's the same here. I'm just actually watching this secondary school event and a young young man, uh, Jacob Rolls in the 96s is just about, he's just put away an easy 130 clean and jerk for his first attempt uh, mate he's he looks he looks good he's from from Rotorua he looks good it's been good watching the live stream all day I've been watching it all day <laughs> I've been watching it all day so it's been uh, it's been awesome it's been awesome watching the, the caliber of athletes out there so what have some of the sort of highlights been from what you've been looking at today or what you've been watching today well, this boy here that I'm watching here now, Jacob Rule, so he's just put away 140 for his second attempt. Um, and he's doing it pretty comfortably. He's strong. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's strong. He's uh, certainly... I'm pretty sure he was there last year. I don't remember him doing quite doing these sorts of weights. What um, school is that? Uh, he's from Rotorua. I don't know what school he's from. Um, but he, he's training under Monroe um, out of CrossFit Rotorua, so yeah, he moves really well, really well. Um, snatched hundred, and he's just cleaning. He just took a ten kilo jump from one thirty to one forty. But yeah, that's been uh, one of the highlights. I think um, Olivia McFarlane, man, Olivia McFarlane just crushed it. She uh, hit seventy two eighty nine one sixty one total. In the 64s, and I don't think she was weighing anywhere near 64. Um, yeah, she was like one kilo away from A grade as a 64, um, and comfortable as so. Um, yeah, she's she's outstanding. <laughs> she's outstanding. So um, yeah, look, there's there's been in terms of the growth of this event and what we're still being able to put on despite being four events, um, I think the quality still remained high. And um, I know Medea, um, one of the girls that I coach, is watching this with anticipation because she's been, she was waiting to see what the results were to see if anyone would push her. But it looks like she hasn't been pushed, so she wins her first secondary, well, only chance really, first secondary school event, which is really, really cool. Really cool. So um, in terms of, those results as they're coming through like um have are you aware of how some of the other regions have gone opposed nah. to these guys or will that not been officially released yet no nah, it hasn't been officially released so we're obviously watching a live stream so we we know watching them watching today we will know whether we have um beaten the auckland guys but we don't know about dunedin or christchurch so uh, which i'm just totally unsure of but um yeah but uh, yeah, they have. They're going to release the results later on um, on social media. And so, um, in terms of how that, because because it previously used to be held in this way, eh, where it was distributed around the country, and this this wasn't meant yeah. to occur this way. 
No, no, because of COVID. So obviously it was meant to be in Dunedin this year and then uh, COVID kicked in and then, um, yeah, so we decided to split into regionals and um, and look, it's gone really well. Um, obviously it, it wasn't very handy that, that Auckland, um, Auckland kind of had their second lockdown. But um, mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, so that obviously pushed their event out even further and, um, but look, hey, we've, I think as a sport, we've done a great job. You know, we've certainly had. Oh, here we go. He's about to put up. He's just cleaned one forty-five pretty comfortably. Uh, oh no! Nah. Was that pretty the third? Attempt. Sheesh, pretty good attempt. Yeah, that was his third attempt. One forty-five. So was that two forty? Yeah, two forty total. Ninety-six. So pretty good. Yeah, ninety-six. A pretty good total. I think he's a ninety-six. Hang on a minute. Well, maybe he's an eighty-nine. Yeah, he might be an 89, man. Yeah, oh, he's talented, talented athlete. Yeah, so I think it's worked out really well, man. Honestly, I think um, to be able to still put on an event for, for our secondary school teams um, has been just awesome. Yeah, oh, bro, he's an 89. He weighs, he's an 89, 89 weighing 87. That's yep. pretty decent, man. That's a very, very, very good lifter. That's, yeah, well over the national qualifier for seniors. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's a very good, very good. And so is that the final session of the day as well? No, there's one more to come. One more to come, the heavier. So so you're just sitting there with your popcorn. Yeah, and I'm waiting for that, the Arisana fight as well. Oh, yep, yep. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was being kicked off by now. It's started, but Adi, Adi Sanofi isn't on yet. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, see, Shivers here is 10 kilos away from a B grade. Yeah. And it's, it looks like second competition or something like that. Pretty amazing. Yeah. So, so, so how many, um, many lifters were there some of the total, other, do you know, across the region in the uh, secondary well, schools? There were 50-odd in this event. There were 50-odd in that event, um, in that Auckland event. Then there were 20... Then there were 20 for us. Then I reckon, so I reckon if you add another 20 plus, 20 odd, so there's close to, yeah, so there's 90 odd athletes yep. entered. So And, th- and again, how is that compared to awesome. previous years you've watched? Um, well, the last previous two years we've had, we've had about close to 100. Yeah. So it's actually, it's actually around same, um, sort, same of number. sort of numbers, despite COVID, which is fantastic, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's cool, and and, and there's exciting things happening. You know, we're, we're we're like what seven weeks away from nationals. We've got a we've got all the all the stuff coming out about nationals next week. Uh, the entry form hopefully comes out, and um, we've got the sponsorship needed to host the event. So Steph and I and Paul are just stoked. Um, we 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 just can't wait for that nationals event to be held here. It's just going to be such an awesome event, man. Such an awesome event. That, that was one of the things I thought would be quite interesting to, to dig into about how you guys are planning to run that. And because um, you had mentioned, I think on one of our most recent episodes, you had mentioned about how you were trying to get some stuff, but nothing had been sort of confirmed or, or, or signed. Um, but you had you had some interest or some connection to um, a sponsor or something like that or some funding. 
think so. Um, we've got both ticked and Tona City Council have gotten behind us. So they've been oh, our awesome. major, major, major sponsorship. Um, so we're hosting here as well. I think I, think so I might be. It's because if we can do some learning this time around, right, and then go into next year's event far better prepared, applications prepared, knowing who to talk to, who to go to. We've also we've also given ourselves to prove that we've got a good competition. Um, we've got a great sort of, um, not platform, excuse the pun, but a platform for creating a, a fantastic um, a event uh, and experience for the athletes. And um, we're just super excited about what it, what it can be, you know. And because you guys put your hands up potentially again, didn't you, for next year? We have. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. Yep, yep. So Has that's what I'm any, saying, you know. Just... Any further movement on that? Well, we put, no, at the, at the AGM, we put our hands up and said we want to host it for next year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so and like I said, we'll, everything will streamline, hopefully. Everything will streamline for next year, and we've got a greater greater insight into who we can go and talk to and and – yeah, just get more evidence of it being a um, an actual big viable event, you know. So, nah, really stoked, really stoked. Um, we, so we can't wait. November eighteenth, so what is it? Seventeenth? Oh, what is it? Thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth. November thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth will be here in a flash. Yeah, yeah, it's not far away at all. I started planning out um, a couple of the the training plans for some athletes, and I was counting backwards in my weeks and putting them into my plan. And I'm like, flip. We're within two months of this, basically. Now it's it's not far away at all, even in terms of prep. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So it's been and hasn't it been busy, man? Like like last week, you guys were at, you were at a club comp, and then yep. I know I see Dark Horse had a club comp yesterday. Um, we've had secondary schools. I know Pap had a club comp. Um, what else did I see? There's you know there's all these club comps popping up around. We've got one coming up on the tenth now. Same. Um, uh, yes, Palmer's North got one coming up on the tenth. Um, there's a lot going on, man. It's awesome. It's awesome. And the, the the cutoff date for the qualification is looking to be seventeenth. Yeah, it is. It 18th, is. The, 18th. So the eighteenth, the Sunday. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We're trying to give as much people time to qualify. And you know, the cool thing is, and, and I know for people with that listening, they're probably familiar with New Zealand weightlifting in that situation. We want to see. We want to. We'd love to see 180 athletes into. You know. And genuinely, if you are thinking about, oh, I'm not going to be in shape or this or this or this, honestly, guys, this will be a great event. I, one thing I love about our sport is that we can get together. There'll be potential Olympians there um, and people have, at their first nationals. There'll be like that young boy there, you know, Jacob. And it's just, it's just such a great event for our community. Um, and we just want to get as many entries in so we can really put on a massive spectacle. Um, yeah. So if you're really thinking about it, if you're on the if you're on the fence, don't be, because I you regret it. You'll you'll be watching the nationals and you'll get FOMO. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> and we've checked and we've also checked if there's any CrossFit on that weekend. So don't try and pull me this bullshit about oh I've got CrossFit. Yeah, just enter. We I check. I've checked. Don't worry. I'm almost certain, mate, that I was talking to someone the other day, and there is a event in Auckland. Not an event worth entering, put it that way. <laughs> well, it's not nationals, is it? No. So, I mean, no, one of them's no, nationals and one of them's not. So, you go figure, eh? Yeah, correct. 
Yeah, yeah. So what's that looking like for your planning? How many are you planning for then, Hayden? Um, well, I think I've got two like confirmed and then um, Steph might be looking at a full send for the next comp she does to try and to try and sneak across that qualification mark. Um, I mean, her initial intention was that it was going to be 2021 was the qualifying, but sort of thought, hey, um, can have a crack and, and see how close we get because, yeah, some, you know, some things are looking pretty good. And if all the stars aligned, I mean, it, it, the total could be hit. Um, and I mean, with all the planning she's put into organizing that event, I'm sure it'd be nice for her to be able to step on the platform at the event that she sort of helped uh, put together, yeah. you know. Um, so, so that'll be an interesting one to see how that goes, you know, fingers crossed. Um, I mean, she'll definitely put in the work for her. Yeah, yeah, she works hard. So, so is she, was she, because you weighed a 64 at that um, upper hut one, eh? Yeah, yeah. Was she easily a 64? Yeah, I think she was like 62 or something like that. So, oh yeah, so what's the grading that she needs, what Steph needs? Oh, I, th- I can't remember exactly what it was off the top of my head. I think it might be one, two. One, two, something. Yeah, I think no. she's about 10 kgs off, but I think she was going to be, because she normally sits around, I think about 61. So she was going to get to the 59s, I believe, for that competition, just because, you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's there and it's a chance to qualify. Um, but I think long term, 64s is definitely where she'll probably go for, because yeah. that's where she naturally sits. Um, yeah. And it just saves all that hassle with the with the cutting and that. One, two, five for a 59, one, three, one for a 64. Yeah, I thought it was one, two, five. Yeah. Mm. Mm, mm. Yeah, I think the one three yeah, one would yeah. just be a little bit far away this year. Definitely next year, like no worries, I wouldn't imagine. So, uh, but it's trying to get, trying to get, and you know, just sneak across the line this year, and then plan for next year to go go to that other yeah. one. Yeah, you'd be amazed what happens on some of those events. Uh, you know, like yeah, I've still I've still got the video of um, Maggie qualifying. You know, just on a full send. It was. Yeah. Um, one of the best cleaning jigs I've seen. Well, it was certainly the best cleaning jig I saw her do. And um, it was just full send, man. She needed it. She needed on her last lift. It couldn't have been any better in terms of hitting a national qualification. It was unreal. <laughs> yeah, that, mm. that that happened um, when we had Corey a couple of years back in her first year uh, when she was trying to qualify. I think it was as a 59 as well. Yeah. So it, was, it was the same sort of thing, like had to get the clean and jerk and just just executed perfectly. Um, yeah. And I had, yeah, similar thing, I think it was last year with Georgia trying to get that A grade. You know, final clean and jerk, had to hit it. It's, it's, it's amazing what that little bit of pressure in the competition can kind of um, bring out from people, you know, when they have to when they have to put it on the line, you know. they, they Sometimes the yeah. good things happen. Yeah. I think, like, it, it's, and when we're talking about that, that competitive state moving in towards nationals, it's a it's a chance for as the, as the experienced athletes they have a chance to really refine what that looks like in terms of that competitive energy, you know, especially this year because it's been fuck all, you know. Um, yeah, Haley's been on the platform. Haley's been on the platform once. Amy, for, so I'm talking about our team. Haley's been on the platform once. Um, it was meant to be twice, but then the second COVID cancelled that comp that was that weekend. So Haley, Amy, Ollie. Uh, Medea's been on once, <laughs> um, and that was at secondary schools. Um, yeah, and Samara hasn't even been on the platform because she's had a back niggle all year, and then and she's kind of coming back, back to some sort of um, um, normality with her back. So she, we're trying to get her on the platform on the tenth of October, so her first comp isn't nationals. Um, 
Yeah, I'm probably so going to make my own first comp nationals, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so it's just looking. Oh, look! It's just it's it's just trying to channel that um, energy. Um, you know that enthusiasm, that competitive spirit, um, and I don't think that kind of you know that's all relative. Again, you know we talk about relativity, like Steph being put in a position to channel that competitive energy to qualify, and then. You know, Haley putting channeling competitive energy to um, try and uh, obviously go bigger, better um, at at this year's nationals. Well, I think there's there's a quote I can't remember. I think it might have been Ed Cohen, and this is another powerlifting one where someone asked him, "What is it like to have you know a thousand pounds on your back?" And then he said, "What's your max?" And the guy said, "You know, two hundred kgs or whatever." And he said, thousand pounds for me feels the same as two hundred kgs for you." You know, like yeah, <laughs> it is. All yeah. completely relative. Yeah, yeah, it is, and I think uh, um, we we had a young uh, we had a listening with us yesterday. Um, Haley coaches her, her name's Angie, and one of the one of the pieces of feedback I gave to her because um, when approaching a PR lift yesterday was you got to use the chalk bucket, and we've spoken about this before. You know that's that that's determined at every competition, and there's some real. There's some people talk about the un- uncontrollables, but I think as we start to really move towards nationals, now it's my time where I start to pick people apart in that space. I'm pretty picky anyway when it comes to processes and things, but I really start to pick people apart now, you know. And I pick people apart not just in the lifts, I pick people apart in their approach to squats, I pick people ap- apart in their approach to. Um, their stretching, conditioning, and, and um, their conditioning work end, and because um, I'm like, you know, follow processes, keep, keep it, stay, stay in the zone. You know, all those times are a chance, chance to practice that competitive edge, competitive nature, and what we're yeah, trying that, to achieve. You know, it was one of the interesting things I was speaking to Steph with after the competition last weekend um, about even having a process from once. Because you know the setup process and that kind of thing, she's kind of got a, a generally followed pattern with that. But in between the clean yep. and the jerk, because I've noticed this with a lot of lifters as well, there's no sort of clear. You know, I take this many breaths, brace my core, then go. Um, so sometimes you know people stand up, the weight will feel heavy, so they'll spend longer at the top, or they'll change their breathing pattern or something, and then it, it can kind of throw out the jerk and. Um, for me, even I, I was sort of thinking about that, like what is, what is the routine I follow as well? You know, even after querying an athlete, is is what is it that I'm actually doing when I go between a clean and a jerk? Is there a process for me when the bar's on my shoulders? Am I taking a certain number of breaths, or or what is it like? Not so much that you get caught up in oh, I I only took two breaths this time, so it's not going to work. You know, like whatever that process yeah. is, because you watch someone like Ilya, um, and there's a very very clear you know is it is it on the third whip or something he dips with the bar type thing yeah Um, Yeah. i'm now same yeah and i mean that's that's the thing like yeah we we focus a lot on the setup but i wonder you know as well those other little things like between you know you're cleaning your jerk what are you doing um is yeah yeah it was just one of those things i sort of queried with with her just say hey you know potentially having some sort of rhythm that you follow there would be quite useful just that you don't change what you do and then lose um optimal positioning or, or, or forget something in your setup for the jerk. Yeah. And that's, that, that sort of process in sports of having, um, an auto regular or, you know, it's, it's, it's almost unconscious uh, in terms of, 
of of what they perform. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I don't I don't know if I've spoken about this before, but um, Carl Heyman. Have I spoken about this before? Carl Heyman, Not who sure. was the ex All Black. Carl Heyman was the ex All Black, and I went and watched. She was playing for the New Zealand Maoris. Um, it was the it was the British Lions tour. Um, and they were training in Hamilton, and um, this must be 2004. Um, anyway, whenever it was, um, and he was the prop. And he it was just in the time where the, the setup changed. It set up from being um, just diving into each other in the front row um, in the scrum to uh, crouch, touch, pause, engage. That was, that's, that, and that was like a big shift in the mindset and approach of our front row. And and obviously it was done for safety. But I remember him saying he, he spent two, three months just walking around every five to ten minutes just stopping and setting up, um, feeling the position, touch, pause, engage, touch, pause, engage, setting up, setting up, setting up, you know, walking around the house, setting up, setting up, setting up. And I asked him why he did that. And he said, well, it's simple. If we're five metres out and we're down by – and we're up by one point – um, in the World Cup final, and I give away a penalty in the front row because of just not doing it correctly, I'd be absolutely pissed at myself. Because and we lose by a, a, a penalty kick, I'd be pissed at myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And what he was essentially saying was he was trying to turn um, what was a conscious, um, you know, uh, and big change, what was a conscious change, into something that he just knew positions exactly how the back needed to sit you know everything and it was a cool kind of insight and i knew and i know that later on and obviously into my weightlifting coaching that sort of story served me quite well when talking to athletes about processes and and um, positions and i think i think what you touched on with the you know what is controllable and that sort of stuff with part of the process being important um because our sport is very controllable you know, for, yeah. for most of the aspects, it's going to be one set type of barbell. It's going to be a specific, you know, type of plate. It's not like we're lifting from a different, you know, height off the floor or anything. All of that stuff remains the same. Um, the platform's yeah. going to be made of wood, you know. Like, there's there's all of these things that are never, ever going to change. Um, or, you know, at least in the context of a competition. And so all of those things that remain the same, the other things you can control and the other things you know are going to be consistent. So as you said with the chalk bucket, having that that thing that you do to get your you know switch on, doesn't matter if the audience is sitting slightly differently or whatever, if you can still do all of your same processes up to that, they can be controlled for, they can be accounted for. They're things that like the Heyman story, you know, he, he knows exactly that they're going to say crouch, pause, engage. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he can be prepared for all of those things because he, he knows that that's how it happens. And it's kind of the same with our athletes. If we can help them to form these processes, it just gives them something rather than thinking of the nerves or the weight on the bar or whatever, you can just, as you said, autopilot. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's where the, you, you notice the level of an athlete um, and their approach is always, um, you know, like watching watching today, um, there's, there were there were some athletes out there that was their first competition, right? And and it looked like they were so quick through the move, especially clean and jerks, man. Like some of them looked like they just walked out to the platform and just ripped and, and just went, you know, almost would have got no lifted for no break in between um, because they were just they were just so nervous. You could, you, mm-hmm. but then you saw like um, 
uh, Gene Brown or um, he was or Olivia. You know, Olivia was a good example. Just they, she just seemed like she had way more time. Um, Olivia, Olivia's smile was big and um, just um, a deeper, deeper understanding of what's required uh, mentally. So mm. it is cool to see that, and that's why I say to people like people took off and say, oh, I'm not ready for nationals. Like, oh, I'm not in shape. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. If you've qualified for nationals, anyway, you're going to find out how good good you are. And I'm meaning not against anyone else, but I'm meaning against yourself. Is actually turn up to nationals, you know, um, and, and, and lift in it. So, um, yeah, I, I really am looking forward to an event where we can get a lot of newer lifters who haven't been to a nationals and give them a great experience so that when they, so that when they have some doubt about it, they're actually like, Oh no, no, I still want to be in this. I still want to be part of that. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of, in terms of that competitive and being ready for competing and those sorts of things, maybe that's a little tangent we can go down. I was kind of interested. Yeah. Um, When you have athletes of different levels. So if you have an athlete who say has been training with you for a short period of time, maybe, maybe three to six months might've competed before, but could be relatively new versus someone like Hayley who's been doing it for a while and you know is a very high level lifter in New Zealand what would be in terms of competition frequency that does that change for you based on the depender the level of the lifter like would you have Hayley competing more or less than the beginner uh I would have I would have um the beginner competing a lot more um and it's not to say like I like competition um I like the I like the team to get out on a platform. Um, I mean, you know, like the the one that we got, that got cancelled, like that that event was um, going to just be a head out in the middle of a of a four week block. There it was didn't mean anything, but it meant we were just going to treat it as a heavy session. Um, and so, uh, and saying that, you know what, mate? Like, well, I think I'd probably still have people competing. The difference is you just don't cut. You know, like, mm. um, I think, I honestly believe you can compete once a month if you wanted. I think mm. if you treated it, if it gives people a chance to practice putting away weights, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's why we do sports, don't we? To compete, um, to compete against ourselves, to compete against others. But the, but the focus on what, the, on what that frequency would look like um, for the beginner is really important for me. Because remember with a beginner and this is what we're talking about in the last one, this, um, you know, that process over PBs. Mm. We, we, we'd like to, if you just go out chasing numbers all the time and chasing getting better, which is a cool, it's a cool, because um, in that, you know, that kind of initial stage of a lot of weightlifters' careers, they just keep going up and up and up and up. Um, but what it does give you a chance to do is to really stay curious around that. Um, okay, I'm approaching a, my opening snatch, which also which always scares a lot of people, right? That opening snatch, um, and then it's also like it also gives us a chance to look at processes, and it also gives us a chance to look at approaching when I've got a PR on the bar. What does that mean? How does our mindset change? All those sorts of things. Um, so apart from apart from probably just straight out experience. Um, you know, Haley still has to work on that. Samara and them still have to work on that. So, and the best place to find that out is in competition, isn't it? So, so in terms of that, because I had Devin compete yesterday, 
um, yep. obviously yep. wasn't there to 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 assist him at all. Um, but what we did this week was essentially I tried to drill in the fact that this is just your heavy training day for the week. Um, yep. So, and it's how do we get that balance between the lifter taking it like you know too seriously in terms of thinking of this as a important competition versus a chance to practice because I think he did a pretty good job of of you know he, he did probably send it a bit um, but that's also personality to an extent there as well you know he likes to go heavy and put some weight on the bar and when there's people there he's gonna um, get, get up for it sort of thing um, yeah but also um, he realizes that you know two days before he was just training cleans as a normal session of cleans um, which in comp week I'm not normally going to get you get you doing that because that's probably not going to prepare you to be freshest for the Saturday um, but that kind of idea for the athlete understanding that actually this competition it's a chance to get the experience it's not a it's not a you know your whole your whole week doesn't depend on this meet like if it goes poorly it doesn't really matter like this is just your heavy day um, and it's a chance to try something and gain some experience but how do you kind of get that across to a lifter because obviously you have competitions that are important and you have competitions that are about experience like how do you differentiate and, and discuss that with the athlete yeah i think so going back to Devin, did you have a plan for him yeah yeah and he didn't stick to the plan uh he might have opened a little bit heavier on the snatch um but his warm-up was what kind of got him there he ended up having to jump um 10 kegs for his first opening attempt because his timing was a little bit off on that because um, yeah, he was being coached by his brother who hadn't done a competition coaching before. So there was a bit of learning from both of their perspective there. Yeah. I think, so let's deal with the first thing. And let's let's take, um, if, if, if at any point, and we are talking about this in the last podcast, mm. and I used to be like this too. It's like, we, if we're not at a comp going for PRs, then why are we at the comp? That's what I used to be like. You know, yeah. like, um, and, and that was that was because a lot of my listening in my earlier days was listening to Richie Patterson basically say the same thing. You know, he's like, his his coaches he'd like snatch, he'd like pull snatch pull one thirty, and he'd be like, cool, I'm going to open it there to the next thing. You know, like, so I kind of yeah. got, um, but then as I grew as a coach and grew and put value on on um, processes, um, you know, I take. And peripheral information we're always talking about is that peripheral. Um, I would have taken that situation uh, with Devin and been like, okay, what do we what do we learn from him in the tape in that tape week building into that comp or whatever it was, um, and then then where do I where's where's all my feedback going? Mm. You know, where do I channel all my feedback? Um, because if we're really trying to get people to get a handle on on um, processes or um, uh, warm-up attempts, um, um, you know, all those sorts of things, then my feedback's got to be based around that, you know? Mm. Um, so, and, and, and I almost have some measures in place um, around what that looks like uh, as success as well. So Steph Davies has been a really interesting one. Steph Davies is obviously a phenomenal athlete, right? Com Games rep for Aussie, um, which is which is to battle through and compete for Aussie is outstanding because the depth of lifters. Like I've been watching their um, Queensland thing, and fuck, there's just some quality lifting there, right? Mm. It's just unreal. But she's a beast, man. She's a beast, right? She's just she's competitive. 
She's one of these people that looks at a bar and gets strong. She's a beast. But a lot of my feedback has been around consistency, right? Mm. So, and and um, we had a heavy session. We invited all the Waikato clubs over. So, um, three two one six and Waikato weightlifting and TKO barbell came, and they came across to the mount, and we had a real heavy session, and and it was awesome, man. And Steph. She smoked 80. Now, that wasn't a PR by any means. She smokes 80 in a snatch, right? At, she hasn't had a go with at 80 with me um, since she's been under working working alongside with me, right? And she smokes it. And, I, and the look on my face, she looked at me, and the look on my face was like she could tell that I was absolutely wrapped. And I said, mate, that is everything I've been asking you to do. None of my feedback was on the weight. You know, yeah. none of my feedback was like, oh, it's 80 kilos or it's this or that. It wasn't that. It was like, that was the perfect application of everything we've been working on for the last five months. And it was just unreal to see because that's where all my feedback's been, you know. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of that's, we've been doing a lot of EMOM work or E90 work, EMOM 90 work and stuff like that. And all my feedback with here is around consistency. My Generally, the the pre-training brief is like we're looking for this this and this yep cool these are the measures of success cool bang 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 post session what did you what do you reckon oh yeah that session there i saw this i did this i could do this i felt that i felt this so so i stick to what we've been talking about quite often um that's where i think a lot of coaches can really grow and grow their athlete in the space of competing if, if what they are looking for is very clear and specific and transparent. So in terms of then preparing an athlete for a competition where the objective isn't necessarily PBs, right? Because you might be training through or you just might be in a space where it's not, it's not current time to, you know, be trying for those numbers. Um, you're giving specific objectives. Like the reason we're doing this competition is, you know, we want to see this and this and it's a chance to execute these things. A, B, C, D in front of judges rather than just saying, right, I want to hit this nut. You know, I don't, I don't just want you to hit this number today. I want you to do A, B, C, D. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and a good example of that is was Samara from last year's secondary schools. You know, um, I told her because secondary schools was remember, I don't know if you remember, it was about a month out from nationals. Mm. And I told her, um, we're going to use it as a full training session. And she was like, Oh, okay. Um, and we we did all her did all her snatch training out the back, um, and then and she and after five or six working sets of snatches of snatch doubles, she um, she went out and snatched and um, did well. But then in the clean and jerk, she said, "What's our plan here?" And I said, "Well, let's just challenge your process a wee bit." And we hadn't mentioned numbers or anything. And and Samara, I must admit, she's she's a, she's a dream to coach out the back because she just does as she's told. She there's no question. She's just bought it like that. Medea's the same, and and anyway, so we so we're going through the warm up. Everything's looking good. I'm feeling good. She's, yep, I said right. Let's challenge the processes as as new weights go on the bar. Go through your same process. And technically, that day she was she was on fire. And also, process was she was on fire. And when she so she puts away the ninety five on her second attempt. Keep in mind, she'd never, she'd never, it was a PB. 
she'd never clean and jerk 95. And then, um, then she walked off the platform. I looked at her. I said, you're going to clean and jerk 100 today. And she went, okay. And sat back down, calm, 100 goes on the bar, and the rest is history. You know, she goes out there, never pulled 100 from the floor. Um, never, never. Not even off of blocks or anything. And um, goes out and smokes it. So what what my feedback around all that was just around challenging her processes because some day some days when I first picked her up she was really erratic in her approach um, and when I say erratic a lot of it a lot of it her setup was different you know it was like right hand on left left hand on right one foot was shaking one foot wasn't you know it was all this sort of pro all this all, everything was going and um, then we really refined that and it gave me far more information to deal with how she was coping with the nerves of the lift and that day man her process was so good so mm. good nothing changed nothing was different even in the hundred bear in mind she'd already had a pb of five i think it was a pb of three kilos um and then to go out and put a hundred over her head which is not only a pb but a benchmark number yeah, um yeah it's a very for, meaningful for, number yeah for for a um who was a 17 year old at that time um you know that was just a phenomenal example of the work between her and i the trust between her and i um around those processes and approaches so that we're on comp day ready to apply apply it to what we're trying to achieve and were you guys remote at that time just out of curiosity uh no 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 she was um no she'd come up that january Oh, okay, okay. From Wellington, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, that that sort of the competition, the competition, um, and developing an athlete for competition is is it's all in in me. It's all in for, for me personally. It's all about um, repetition of of message. Um, you know. Like often I'm, and even today, because it's on the live stream, I'm, I actually am fascinated, and Courtney will attest, I'm sitting here watching coaches and how they're reacting to when they're athletes in the holding day, mm. right? Um, and what they're doing. And I'm especially, there wasn't, do you know, there's, well, of the sessions I've watched today, there's only been one lift that missed their opening attempt. Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a lot of green. But um, when there were missed lifts, um, you know, I was I'm fascinated in watching what that person, that coach, is doing during that time. You know, um, the clarity of message is vital in that time, in that opportunity, in that time. Because um, it's almost my belief that generally an athlete will know how to correct if they've missed it, if they're just not strong enough, like if they just can't stand the cleanup then that's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? But, but, um, can't you do know, any like, in between and fix that though, Matt. No, no. <laughs> but, um, but you know, like if it's technical misses, forwards, back, you know, press outs, those sorts of things. My personal belief is I don't need to say too much, you know, um, if anything, really, um, if it's very clear, if it's very clear, like, Take Steph's 65 the other day, if that was her second attempt. That was hard. Like, for you, I would have been like, mm, 
but then you I see you even said like putting pressure on the bar. So you guys had a had a piece of information that you utilized there. But yeah. you, you know what I mean? It's um it's just it's fascinates me watching what people and I'm not saying there's a right way or a wrong way either. Um because some athletes might respond to a lot more talk. Um, well, that's that's versus, it for me. Like you know, I I'm thinking back to North Island's I think it was my first big, you know, New Zealand competition, you know, national level competition. And I missed both my both my snatches. I don't know if you remember um, that competition. Yeah, I think I do remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, I, I, I'm the sort of person that you probably don't want to give me too much information. Like, it just needs to be yes. a couple of short things and then sort of just leave me to it. Like, And so I guess naturally for me, I am a bit shorter on words, if that makes sense. Like I... I try. I'd rather under under say things than over say things because, you know, I, I kind of think if you add too many words to someone's brain when they've already got all these other things that you can't hear floating through their head, um, the shorter and the briefer and the more to the point your message is, um, it gives them less things to think about, which generally yeah. I think doesn't overwhelm the athlete as much. Yeah, and, and I also believe, man, like. A miss you see at competition is generally a miss you see in training. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, an error that plagues people is generally an error that you'll see in competition. Whether <laughs> that, it, that, first, whether it, that first snatch at that North Island, this is, this is just something that goes completely against what you've just said. <laughs> um, but that, that was like, I came out and I just ripped, like, you know, just absolutely ripped the heck out of this bar for some reason thinking that's what it needed. Um, when it was, you know, three kilos heavier than the perfect warm-up right to going out. But I just, just thought I'd put that out there. That's the only time I think I've ever missed a snatch behind. Right. Yeah, but I'm betting that your approach and your mindset to that lift was, is, the, is the error. Yeah, exactly. Do you know 100%. what I mean? It's not, it's, it's, not, it's not the outcome. No, no. You're talking about the outcome being it throwing over your head. The error is actually the approach. Didn't approach it and correctly. I changed yes, it. You, you, you changed it, right? Mm. And, and, and Haley's often guilty of this. You know, the error is not her missing forward or back. The error is the change in approach and mindset. Because to, mm. her, to her, she thought she had to pull harder, do more, work hard, effort, yeah, you know, like, you know what I mean? When it's like, no, fucking approach the bar, how we've been doing it all the way up and it's all been beautiful and do it the same way. And that's where her growth has been massive. If you go back and watch, mate, like this, this, in this last kind of three, four months, she has been hitting PR after PR after PR after PR, especially in Snatch. And the PRs are coming because her mindset and approach has stayed exactly the same. And that's what I mean. The error that you made was not was yes, you were throwing it over your back of your head. It's a different technical error, but the technical error came because of the because other of the, error. Because of the, <laughs> the process your mindset, error. Uh, the process error. And that's where that process error will be absolutely familiar to probably the coach and athlete. Yeah. Yeah, you I know? get what you're saying. Um, yeah. So what I'm saying is that the general technical errors or general errors, mindset errors. Um, and that's why we had to ask Hayley to verbalize what she was feeling going into things. I, I was over lockdown. I was like, 
you need to fucking tell me how you're feeling approaching these things because I don't know how to approach this because every time a PR goes on the bar, you shank it. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're building all these great opportunities and not taking them. And we need to figure out why that is because it's not strength. Because if it's one kilo over what you're hitting for multiple reps or whatever, come on, man, it's got to be mindset. So the mindsets mm-hmm. that's where we've that's where we've grown her in that space because quite honestly, man, apart from a, like an she's had one attempt at a hundred in the last while, um, and that was after that ninety-seven. Um, but but she's put away a lot of PRs, including like dubs, you know, um, like her best dub was ninety, and she put that away. Then she put away the following week a dub at ninety-one. Then she following week double at 92 like you know so we we've addressed the error that we see in training yeah yeah um and i think i think like one of the words i've been using a lot with my lifters is about intent um and i may have said that before but it's, it's just one of those things that i think if we can have an athlete that is intentional in what they do in training um, that's going to carry over because the intent is what leads to the routine it's what leads to moving the same way like, what what are you thinking and what are your attentions? Are you just going out to make 85 because 85 is written down on today's plan? Or are you going out to make 85 and move it as you want to move it? Um, yeah. Rather than just thinking, oh, it's on the plan and I hit the weight so it counts. Like, it's a very different um, mindset to to that, you know, to, to just putting away the numbers on the plan. You know, it's it, that's not what I think training is about. Training is about developing the motor patterns and training is about developing the routine and the process that you snatch and you clean and jerk and you do those the same every single time that you do it, you know, regardless if it's 75%, 85%, you move in a similar manner um, and that just becomes your normal. Yeah, and, and that's that's accumulation of normal, right? You've and got it doesn't have one mistake. No, you've got to accumulate as much normal as possible. You know, like right now, the team are going through massive volumes of, of lifts. And um, as I spoke about last time, you know, we've kind of ramped it up by about 30 odd attempts. And, and it's a, it's a, the challenge is all around staying consistent. Mm-hmm. That's what we're asking an athlete to do. And all of the, all of my feedback around that is like, well, what do you reckon? If I could have a, if I could have thing, something on train heroic that actually like had, consistency scale um that's what we that's what we i would ask for you know what they believe their consistency was like because it's the feeling that we've got to replicate right it's like in any sport like i remember playing rugby when you put on a big hit in the tackle you know what it feels like man because the timing's all there and also when you're on the end of it as well when you get crushed by a good hit you know you know the feeling you know um our sport is very similar to that man it's like it's like having the ability to, to find that feeling as often as possible. Um, and that's where some of the world's bests, um, Lasha, obviously, Shizu Yong, I mean, Lu Jun when he was really in his prime, um, you know, they, they just know the feeling. And, it's, and even though the lift takes milliseconds, they know the feeling from floor to overhead and to standing up, right? It's, through yeah. every every position, they know that feeling. Yeah, saw, and they know when it when it comes out of that feeling, what to do, how to get their body to do something. You know, I saw a post. I'm just trying to see who it was from. Um, Jack, what's his last name? The Great Britain lifter, Jack Oliver. Oh, you so know the guy. Yeah, Jack Oliver. Um, yeah, 
he put up a post the other day. Uh, see if I can find it. Why do weightlifting? Because about once every three months, you'll do one lift that feels amazing. And then you're forced to spend another three months trying to get it again. It's annoying, but the challenge is fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was such yeah. an awesome yeah. quote. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it, 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 it's a, it's a great replication of our sport. You know, like, like I'm watching, you know, I've got, like I said, I'm going to watch the UFC, you know, that um, watching Conor McGregor. Um, I, I can't remember the guy he fought. Um, I can see his face, the Brazilian guy. And, he, you know, he knocked him out in the first kind of 20 seconds he, or 30 seconds for the title. You know, the, what he had worked on in training is throwing a certain punch that he knew that that, that guy would throw. He, he knew that he would be able to throw a punch that would nail the guy on the chin because he knew that's what this guy was doing. That's, yeah. that, is a, that is the intent that you're talking about yeah. um, and the ability to follow process. Um, like, go and watch... Floyd Mayweather um, on the on the bags and on the and um, you know doing sparring drills and pad stuff and go and watch him moving and, and then then go and watch his fights and I'm not a massive fan of Floyd Mayweather as a um, you know well I'm not a massive boxing fan to be honest but but you know you, then you see his movement his head movement you know everything he practiced he put into he put into into his uh, into becoming probably arguably one of the greatest fighters the world's ever seen so. Um, those, those intent and deliberate actions, we've got to give athletes chances to practice that um, in training, so that we can replicate that in the in the competition setting. I've, I've got a little thing for us to to do as some uh, some homework <laughs> over the yep. next week. Have you Sounds seen good. Have you seen the new Netflix series? Or well, I don't know how new it is, but it's twenty twenty. No, you're so sure. Nah, 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 nah. So, so what I what I reckon we should do before our next podcast, um, we're not actually at an yeah. hour yet, but I just I was thinking about this last night when I saw the ad for it. Um, it's called the Playbook. Oh, so yeah. the Playbook. It's it's a Netflix okay. series that says coaches with championship resumes share their personal rules for success in sports and life in this reflective and inspiring documentary series. I thought potentially we could we could go away between these ones. Um, and watch a couple of these and potentially even have a little little review potentially yeah. on the next podcast. Yeah. And if listeners are yeah. um, following along with us, you know, if they're, if they're listening to this, not, you know, not too far off um, the 27th, which is when we're recording this, um, you know, jump on and watch maybe the first couple of episodes. They're only about 30, 30 35 minutes. Um, okay, so the I'll first one is Doc Rivers yeah. from the NBA. Oh, yep, yep, yep. And then who is it? Jim Ellis. Uh, Jill Ellis, play? sorry. Jill Ellis. Two World Cup titles. Uh, football, I think that one is. Jose Moreno. If that's how I say his name. Sorry, football people. Um, so there's, yeah, there's five of them so far that are out. But I thought potentially even watch one, the first one or two. Um, we could have a chat about how some of their philosophies and things can kind of be applied or what did we, what did we get from it, um, you know, that resonated with us in terms of our coaching or even, even business or life. Um, before the next show. Yeah. All right. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm really Yeah, I just, I just so watched cool. the trailer yesterday and it looked really good. I was like, oh, this looks, this looks like something I could definitely sit down and, and binge on potentially. What's it on? It's not on? Is it on Netflix? Netflix. Yeah. It's called The, the Playbook. Oh, The Playbook. I was doing playlist. Okay. Oh, yeah. Got it. 
sweet. Oh, Doc Rivers, Jill Ellis, yeah. Oh, Jose Moreno, Patrick, I don't know that guy. Yeah, he's obviously tennis. Dawn Stanley. Serena oh, yeah. Williams coach, the Patrick. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really interested to see that. See, on ATG yesterday on Patreon, are you a Patreon fan? Am I, am I on Patreon for, for ATG, you mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah, on yeah. Patreon for um, Weightlifting House, but I haven't signed up for the for the ATG one. Oh, yeah. Well, the, um, he had Coach Lynn talking about his approach to competition with, with Kuo, um, yeah. Hassan Chun. And, um, yeah. Oh, that'd be good. Man, it was awesome to see. I was good. Is it man. an interview? It was good. It's an interview with him. Yeah. Oh, and kind of how he approaches what, <laughs> and, and what, he, what he's trying to do. It was good, man. It was good. Yeah. It was really good. And he, and he breaks down his approach in the Worlds last year um, to what, what went on. Um, yeah. yeah it's, it's cool, man. It's really cool seeing a world-class coach. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, even in that sense, you know, even in that sense, like having having a chance, that's why I'd love to get to more events overseas and, and sit down and talk to people about those sorts of things, about what they do. Um, again, it's just fascinating to me and their approach um, I, obviously, I watch a lot of um, Team Bowfoot, which is Coach Ray Williams, which is um, uh, CJ Cummings coach. Yeah, you know, and um, and he always, when someone asks a question, he always answers. He's really good. Um, often, I've sent him messages, and he and he often sends back messages. Um, and you know, I just love um, his kind of yeah. I like him. I love his approach to him. He knows what he loves doing. And you might watch some of CJ and them's training and think, fucking hell, that's real out there. Like, yeah. like I saw the other day, he was doing a snatch, then a clean and jerk, you know? Um, and I was like, oh, that's out there. But then I just, well, I didn't think that because I, I know what he's like, but I leaned into it thinking, oh, I wonder what he's trying to do here. Um, where some people would be like, oh, that's ridiculous. Well, it must work because look at the kid doing 175 clean and jerk for a double. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's it's it is fascinating to me to watch coaches and what they're doing with athletes um, to really, really um, support that mental space. You know, I know that I was at that World Champs when CJ bombed out in the clean, clean and jerk, and you know, ever since then I've noticed whenever he clean and jerks, he he tells him to hold, hold, hold. He's yelling mm. at him, you know, to um, to really work that that because that's what that's basically what happened you know he just um wasn't locking out so yeah yeah uh, i i'm fascinated with that with what those coaches do their approach their methods around coaching a high level athlete versus you know a beginner or a young athlete or a female um a beginner female beginner male um an older athlete you know all those sorts of things it's just fascinating to me fascinating yeah all right, well, I'm going to make that a, a goal to watch a few of those. I'm, I'm actually, I've got a break this week. Courtney and I, Marlo's school holidays, um, we've got a, we've taken a week off to just chill out with her and do some stuff. So I'll be what, able to what time, sit down and um, watch a bit of that. Because I know I messaged you earlier about what time yeah, do you guys train I'll, on we'll Thursday? Be, well, we'll be there by, everyone will be there by about three. Oh, yeah, yeah. And how long do they hang around for? Uh, we're generally done by about 4.30. Okay, sweet. Well, I might try try make sure that I'm because I'm coming up obviously this week, so I'll be heading up yeah. to Tauranga on 
Wednesday. Um, Sweet. But I don't normally train Wednesday. So so Thursday I'll be doing just some yep. some like you know, yeah we're not training pull we don't work train and some some snatches and cleaner jerks. So yep yeah we don't train we don't train on Wednesday either. Nah, sweet, sweet mate. Yeah. Well, sweet. um, oh yeah, we'll both have a bit of a watch. And if anyone tuning in wants to listen, uh, go watch one of those Netflix ones, The Playbook. Uh, maybe we'll try watch the first first two before we next chat. Um, or we might yeah. not get to yeah. that if it's going to be on Thursday. Um, yeah. But you know, before the next episode, if people want to follow along and kind of see what they learn from it as well, and we'll we'll yarn through what we sort of took away um, yeah. from watching a few of those because they look really good. Um, but Ray, yeah. where can they find you? Uh, Ray underscore Everest. And they're always, always keen to chat weightlifting and, and feel free to message. Always keen. <laughs> cool, man. And you guys can find me at HJP Method on Instagram. Um, and actually just put some uh, YouTube videos out about making spreadsheets for tracking metrics. So if anyone else is an Excel or spreadsheet you know, fan um, like myself or wants to be, feel free to go have a look at those as well. Because, yeah, I just made a series of three videos so far and I'm looking to add a few more complex formulas in there if people like that sort of stuff. So, yeah, you're welcome to go check that out too. Yeah. Cool, man. Awesome, brother. All right, I'll brother. see you on Thanks Thursday. Talking. Yeah, man. Sweet. Later. Catch you.